0: this is jack Cluth, and i'm lauren worscher and we are ravings and reviews now uh lauren if i had even two brain cells i would have (laughs) had us review this movie on friday do you know why that is
1: um i don't know
0: because that will have been 28 days since our first podcast we've done together
1: Oh it is okay. currently the twenty
0: fourth day. Um, oh, and I didn't think about that.
1: Wow.
0: But yeah. No That's yeah. really
1: smart. I know.
0: I, I it's almost more annoying that we're like so <laughs> close to it when we review this, but
1: Ah, uh, dang. Wow. Okay. Well if you couldn't get it from those context clues, the movie that we are reviewing this week is twenty eight days later.
0: Yes. This was my film recommendation. Yeah, from not... last Monday. From last Monday. I had not seen this movie and Lauren had not seen this movie.
1: No, we this is a this is a deep di- a first dive for both of us. Yes. So,
0: yeah, I, this is the first movie that I've recommended on the podcast that I have not seen. Oh, okay. Because I recommended Lights Out and Texas Chainsaw and I'd seen both of those before. So when I was trying to come up with the idea for this episode, I'm like I should go in me and Lauren should both go in having the exact being on a level playing field yeah having never seen this I'm like, like no
1: no nostalgia filter no previous knowledge yes. just just cold turkey we're going in yes so I guess we can start off with that um first thoughts what do you what do you think about this
0: first thoughts um I loved it
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said that with not a lot of conviction I
0: absolutely loved it it took me about six five minutes. It took me five minutes to get fully in. Um, and we can discuss this later in our critiques. I didn't particularly care for the first two and a half minutes.
1: I, I, I can I can agree with that.
0: Once you see the title um, that says 28 Days Later, which is also like a passing of time reference, um, that's basically when I thought the movie became great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, ever, since that point on, I from the movie. I thought it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. This movie was really, really good. I I liked it a lot. It's definitely not one that I was expecting. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not really one for zombie movies. I'm not... um, I think it's particularly p- because the concept of the apocalypse terrifies me.
0: Oh, sure. Okay. Like,
1: I, it is, it is a very terrifying concept. Like, <laughs> the entire world, you know, has changed. There is no laws, no order. Literally every situation is life or death. Survival is the only thing that matters. Like, you don't know how prepared you're going to be for the apocalypse. yeah. And yeah. then even worse, like, you don't know who's your ally and who's your enemy. Like, mm-hmm. everything is just... Everything is just crazy and scared, and no one has any control over the situation. Mm-hmm. It's very terrifying to me. <laughs> no, yeah, 100%. So.
0: And I can I can understand why you might be scared of this movie, because th- that movie deals with essentially everything that you just said that you're scared about. I mean, yeah. literally from the opening shot, the character is unprepared for what's happened. He doesn't know what's happening, and he's by himself. Yeah. You are immediately you are you're sympathetic to this guy yeah you're it's like, like oh my dude, god
1: that is not that's not fun yeah <laughs> that's, no. that's rough buddy yeah so
0: um uh really quick i just have you what other like zombie movies have you seen just um, anything that comes to the top of your head
1: not really any other zombie movies um but i did i did watch the walking dead a lot when i was in middle school okay,
0: okay. so
1: that's really my only other experience with like zombies and like that kind of thing and i was going to talk about this too those two are they're very different in, oh, in yeah. terms of how they perceive like the undead or like how yeah. that works. Like mm-hmm. it, it, these two these two medias have very different interpretations of it. A
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was asking that because I've seen a few. Again, I'm not like a yeah. zombie horror fanatic <laughs> by any means. Um, so I've seen like World War Z with Brad Pitt. Oh. Um, I saw Train to Busan. And um, I saw hashtag alive a few uh, weeks ago, and I can easily say without a shadow of a doubt that this is the best zombie movie I've ever seen.
1: I can I can agree with that. I mean I don't not that I've seen a lot of. other I was going to say I don't know movies. how much competition is up against. Not really it. a lot of competition, but definitely this this movie was very very good and did a very good job at keeping me interested while also scared while also rooting for the main characters and like every every good thing that happens in the movie like this is this 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 was good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um do you want to talk about some of the cinematography things that you noticed
0: oh uh, yeah sure uh cinematography while the it was very low res
1: very 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 low very res. low res
0: and that um is intentional yeah um it was shot on digital before shooting on digital was the mainstream way of shooting a film. Mm -hmm. It was still, like, in development. So if you shot on digital, that was a stylistic choice to do because the technology hadn't advanced better than just actual film um, and just different types of cameras. Um, So they shot this on digital intentionally to give it a much more kind of gritty, low-quality, you know, kind of gross, grungy sort of vibe.
1: Yeah, because we should mention, this movie came out in 2002. Yes. this movie is as old as me um, and, um, and but it, if you if you had gone into this movie without knowing the date, you could have assumed that this movie came out around the same time that like the movie re- we reviewed last week taxi driver came out like with the camera quality like, honestly everything, yeah and, like the sound quality and
0: when um, when yeah. you went into the movie did you know the date that it had premiered?
1: Um yes I did because like okay. it's cuz it, it I watched it on Amazon Prime and it comes up with like the informations so like uh 28 days later 2002. Yeah. So I I I knew it but I was I was I was also kind of confused. I'm like this movie is from 2002 but it looks like this.
0: Yes, it looks huh? very um very Crusty.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like it works though. I feel like it it makes it makes it look really authentic and real. I mean, I wouldn't really say like found footage, but it's still very like it's it's got the quality of like home video.
0: Yeah. So I feel like we've been over this point a lot. Just kind of just with the different movies we reviewed. Texas Chainsaw had that vibe. Texas Chainsaw was
1: very had that Um, vibe.
0: And uh, Evil Dead had that sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this one does too. And again. For those reasons that we mentioned last time, partly budgetary. This movie partly had a budgetary. very small budget.
1: How much did it have?
0: Five million was Five the million? budget. Wow. Yeah, And so, yeah, that is, that's pennies in comparison to some yeah. other things. So, uh, yeah. And again, just like with The Texas Chainsaw, just like with um, Evil Dead, it the low quality of the movie really enhances the vibe of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah and I should go back to this cuz I was going to talk about it before but um this movie was directed by Danny Boyle. Yes. Who um the only other major directing credit I found for him was the new movie recently called Yesterday, that where the Beatles did not exist. Yep. Um and that's about it <laughs> but Yeah, I know that's his,
0: uh that's his weakest movie easily.
1: I feel like yeah.
0: I've seen um 127 hours. Do you oh, know that no, story? Oh no,
1: I did not notice
0: that one. Yeah, um, about the hiker that gets his arm trapped in a boulder. and It's based on a real life story, and that movie oh. that he directed was very good.
1: Okay, I I didn't know if that was like anywhere like near this kind of movie. I was just looking at like face value. What movies of this guy do I recognize? Oh no, <laughs> and yeah, that was the only one. No, totally. But, yeah. I
0: mean, it's it's that's yesterday is probably the most like mainstream biggest movie he's yeah. ever made. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this movie was produced by Robert Howe and Andrew McDonald, and it was written by Alex Garland, who has written a lot of other sci fi that I can't really name off the top of my head right now, but he definitely stuck with this with this genre with this genre as he continued his career in writing.
0: I am a big fan of alex garland All i think right. he's a great screenwriter and i actually didn't know that he had wrote the screenplay before going into this so i was ah. watching and i'm like wow man i love this and then i look at the credits i'm like oh i guess that's why i he's, guess that's why he's great man <laughs> yeah. i love him
1: and i guess some of the biggest stars of this movie at least that i found it, um this movie the protagonist is played by killian murphy and this also this movie also features Christopher Eccleston, who holds a very special place in my heart because he also plays the Ninth Doctor in Doctor Who.
0: Okay.
1: And I, I, I was a big fan of Doctor Who when I was younger, and this the man just holds a very, very special place in my heart, even <laughs> though he's basically the antagonist of this movie. Yeah. Uh, other than the zombies, <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean.
0: Uh yeah, um another actor that's in this movie, um that I have a soft spot for is uh Brendan Gleeson. He was uh, he played Frank in the movie, Frank, the father. Oh my god, Frank! Um, <laughs> I just there are certain actors, man, that just for no reason I just adore. J.K. Simmons is one of them. I love anything he does in any movie ever, and Brendan Gleeson is one of them. He played Mad Eye Moody in uh, the Harry Potter franchise.
1: That's why he looked familiar. Yep. Okay, I was thinking about it. I was looking at him, and I'm like. You look so familiar. Why do I know Matti Moody? Okay, yep. got
0: yep. it. Eye Moody, and then he was also in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs uh, from the Coen Brothers on Netflix, and he oh, did okay. great in there too. So yeah, I really loved seeing him in this movie. A lot of good British actors in the film.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah, we yeah we should say this movie is um, British. Mm-hmm. I guess we can technically say that this is our first foreign film we reviewed on the podcast. Sure. Because, I, I mean, technically, this movie, it's not set in the U.S. It doesn't follow the certain U.S. film tropes. So... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, going going back to the cinematography conversation, I feel like the shots in this movie are very simplistic and to the point. Mm-hmm. Almost literally. And I feel like they're effective, what they're trying to do. Like, there's no super big close-ups or super big pan shots or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very simplistic and shows you what you need to see at this time. Yeah. And I and feel like it's it's very effective.
0: It is. And they find interesting ways of shooting what otherwise would be kind of a mundane scene. Basically. They, um, they have to fill up gas for their car at a certain point and he just places the uh, camera like within the gas truck that they see, like, underneath of yeah. it. Yeah, So it's like bordering the top and bottom of the frame of the camera and you see the family getting out of the car and it's just interesting little shots like that that just make it extra special besides just like a you know shot reverse shot kind of thing um yes i do like the cinematography a lot for the most part
1: yeah The um this when you were talking about that the scene that came to mind is like one of the first scenes in the movie when um jim who is the protagonist wakes up for the first time and is Basically roaming around this city. Yes. R- roaming yes. around the city, just walking in just a pair of blue scrubs, just wondering where the heck did everybody go? Yeah. I, I... And it just like, just like every, like there's trash on the streets, there's everything everywhere. And I mean, the cinematography is very, very minimal in those scenes. But I feel like if they had done it any way, any way other than they did it, it would just look boring and mundane. Like he's literally just walking, mm-hmm. but they make it seem so interesting. Like the combination of the lighting, the shots, extreme the music. wide
0: shots. Yes, yes. There's a oh, there's so many different aspects of this I want to go into. But yeah, gosh, yes, the, the, the music, like, yeah, yeah the opening, the opening, like you were talking about, is fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of become a like. I don't know if I want to say cult. It's become a very famous scene within like uh, the horror community. Everybody knows that. the scene of him waking up. Spoiler alert: um, he's in. This is right at the beginning of the movie. He's yeah. in a coma, which is why the movie is called Twenty Eight Days Later. He wakes up twenty days, twenty eight days after he goes into a coma, and he wakes up in the aftermath of a zombie apocalypse. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> and so he doesn't know what's happening. So he wakes up and. He leaves the hospital, and London is just completely deserted. And the the camera work you were talking about is just extreme wide shots of him walking around the city. And it does such a good job at making him feel so, like, small and helpless, like, in the grand scheme of everything. You see all these different buildings and all this trash on the sidewalk. And he's just this little blue speck in, like, a patient dressing gown walking around. Yeah. It's very interesting to look at.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's also some really good effects used in this movie. Like, not necessarily, like, it more uh, looking at the more, like, practical side of everything. Like, mm-hmm. some of the... There are some really, really good pyrotechnics in this in this movie. Oh, yeah, there are. they are very, very good fire effects, big explosions. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would consider this... I mean, would you consider this kind of, like, an action horror movie? Or... I mean, there are definitely some... There are action... There are action...
0: Sequences. sequences. Not I yes not in like an action film trope kind of way yeah um but yeah I would I would suppose you would call them action sequences yeah because
1: there, there are a few the, this movie is definitely a lot more higher pace or like faster pace than mm-hmm. some of the other movies we've covered. Most of them are very like a slow burn until you get to the climax. This one is like there's no buffer. Like you go straight into it and the energy is kept up all the way through the end.
0: Oh yeah, this is a 2-hour long movie. 2 hours. I didn't get yeah. bored once.
1: <laughs> yeah, me neither. Me I neither. I was not once. bored at all. The
0: time melted away.
1: Yeah. Like I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the time go by and I'm like, wow, this has managed to keep my attention for this long. Yeah. It's Holy really moly. impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like the the music too. I, I mean, was, we're going to need to talk about I music. I was just
0: <laughs> going to say that. I was literally just going to say, oh, you mentioned music before. Yeah. Oh, the music in this movie slaps. It is so good. It's one of the best horror soundtracks that I've heard in a long time.
1: It's not a typical, like, orchestral score. It's more of like a, it's more of like if they got, like, a rock band to come in and record some backing tracks for the stuff that's happening. Very much. And in some senses, you'd kind of be like, eh. Like, why would you have, like, a, like, why would you have, like, this rock, like, modern riff in like b- behind this behind this movie that's like supposed to be dr- very dramatic and very you know serious but i feel like it fits I, it, it gives like a very like punk lone wolf kind of feel mm-hmm. i don't know how to describe it i just like it
0: <laughs> it, it gives the movie a great atmosphere yeah. um yeah it um part of the movie that i like or part of the soundtrack i like the most is a lot of the songs they're very like build upy They're very kind of low-key, just some light drums and a little guitar, Mm -hmm. like two notes in the background. And then as the scene will progress, the music will... Get more and more intense. I really, really love the music in this movie.
1: It's really, really good. Mm-hmm.
0: From the first scene that he's walking around in London by himself, the music is on. I'm like, oh yeah, I really vibe with this. This is great. We
1: really vibe with this, yeah.
0: And uh, another like a reason that it sounds so like kind of rocky. Um, that was a very like early 2000s. Thing. Yeah,
1: that's true. It was it was the early 2000s. Yeah, that was it, a very. Was a lot... That was the style of the music. Yeah, when but I in was a lot in
0: a lot of movies I've seen from the early 2000s when they use that, it's really Annoying. Oh yeah. Um. In, <laughs> in the movie uh, 127 Hours, that was also directed by Danny Boyle. That was one of the biggest complaints I had. was really? I thought the music was so obnoxious. At po- at points, sometimes it was really good, but then, like we're talking about, it turned really rocky and riffy. For like, it did not fit in this movie. It fits perfectly. Yeah. It's so good.
1: You mentioned before that you you said like this when we were talking about the cinematography. You had said that there were things that you didn't like about the shots. Did Ye- you want to wait till we talked about the plot for those, or
0: mm, let's let's leave for the break on a positive note, okay. and then when we okay. come back, um, <laughs> I yeah, I'll go into a few uh, minor critiques that I had of All right. the film. Sounds good. All right.
1: We will be right back.
0: Stay tuned. Hey, guys, it's Jack Cluth, and you're listening to Ravings and Reviews on KMSC Dragon Radio, a student-run radio station located on the campus of Minnesota State University, Moorhead. You can listen to us on the dial at 1500 a.m. on dragonradio.org or in the residence halls on Dragon Channel 98.1.
1: All right, we are back. Okie dokie. And it is time to get into some of the plot of this movie. Yes
0: the plot of this movie Oof. is fantastic. It is
1: very it's <laughs> fantastic. I mean you were talking before about how much you loved Alex Garland and his writing mm. and I I very I wholeheartedly agree. This movie is written very very well.
0: It's written beautifully. Yeah. Yes. Ironically enough for a zombie movie.
1: Ironically um... <laughs> enough for a zombie movie. Yeah.
0: But Just yeah, the the concept alone of waking up um after the zombie apocalypse has already taken like oh, yeah. place. Yeah. Usually movie like if you're gonna watch a zombie movie, almost always it's like oh, the beginning of the outbreak and nobody knows what to do. And there's one person infected, two people infected. Oh, no, my town's overrun with zombies. Old Lady Smith just got turned into a zombie. (laughs) It's not like that in this movie. Yeah, they literally
1: skip over the entire like initial point and Mm -hmm. just start you from Jim, the protagonist's point of view. Yes. Of waking up in a hospital and realizing, oh, my God, everyone's gone.
0: Yeah, I think that's a Fantastic way to start. Yeah,
1: and it his confusion too. Mm -hmm. Like when he first encounters some an 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 undead person, he's like, "Who are you? What are you doing? Why are you like this?" Yeah. Yeah, when he gets rescued and everything, and he's just like, "Tell me what's going on." Yep. It that all felt so real. It
0: was great. Yeah. Yeah. So the story just follows Jim. He woke up from a coma after the zombie apocalypse has taken place. There's no government. There's no one looking out for them. There's no there's no immediate relief efforts that they can see. No. He gets picked up by he gets saved um, from some zombies by two people, uh, Selena and Matthew. I believe I mark Selena and Mark. Selena and Mark. Okay. And um, yeah, they explain to the situation to him. Selena
1: is much more important than Mark, though. We will say. Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And yeah, they explain the situation. There's no immediate help coming. They are they're on their own. Mm -hmm. And from there, it is just a blast to watch them survive in this uh, zombie apocalypse
1: yeah and they do meet other characters along the way like we like we mentioned before the break there's frank and his daughter hannah yes who they meet after um having to leave their um safe house and have to go out into the world and survive um I really love Frank and Hannah. They're so they're such a cute daddy-daughter duo. Their
0: dynamic was really well done
1: in the yes. movie. Um, and also, we should have mentioned this before, spoiler warning here. Yes. Um, we are going to cover a lot of the major plot points of this movie, which do include major character death.
0: Yes. So, so if you haven't seen this movie, 100% go watch it. Yes. I think it is fantastic.
1: I, 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 I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. Um...
0: Yeah, like you were saying with uh, Frank and Hannah, their relationship was just uh, just amazing.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Diana struck and the lights went out yeah, from the hallway. it's so... going to keep happening.
0: Um, <laughs> no, their relationship works great. And um, I wrote down in my notes here, uh, the movie elevates itself far beyond a typical zombie movie where it's like, you know, the characters are just in other zombie movies. They'll just be like, oh, I love my family. I have to save them. I have to get my family out of danger. That is an aspect in this film, but it's done way better than I think the majority of other other movies. Because I mm-hmm. actually cared what was going to happen, and um, when uh, ultimately uh, Frank uh, <laughs> Frank changes, um... he
1: changes. Yeah, no, he. Um, so, um, what else, something else I found really interesting is like the um, the. The virus, I guess you could call. It. I think it's rage. is It's referred to as rage. Yeah, yeah. That's the the infection is what it's it's what it's considered. It's transmitted through blood. Mm-hmm. So as long as as long as uninfected blood, infected blood can get into your body,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it w- you will get infected within like ten to twenty seconds. Yeah, which, which... was very very surprising. It adds
0: much more of an like. In like, ur- an urgent like sense, sense. Of urgency, um yeah. it's not like a bite and then you have like oh he's got a two minute period of time it's you get blood in your eye nose mouth and you are going to become a zombie yeah um and it's and the, immediate and it's, it's immediate. immediate and the zombies also have this uh really really gross thing that they do they just kind of vomit blood at random points uh. in the movie um
1: it's so gross because like I I have um I think it's emetophobia. I don't like vomit. It's oh gross. sure, yeah. And I don't like it, so every single time I was like, nope, just yeah. covering my just covering my face. Get away from the screen. That's icky. Yeah, no, but- I thought
0: that was like a cool like weapon that the virus made these people have. That it's, it's like yeah, it's their way of spreading the virus. It was I thought that was a cool little touch. But, but- yeah,
1: we should say um, Frank at some point gets blood in his eye. Yeah and he is he is converted into one of the infected yes and i actually don't think this is we can talk about this later when we talk about the trope of zombies mm-hmm. in in um in like media film. and film they were not referred i don't know if they were referred to once as zombies they were referred to as the infected.
0: Yeah, I, I think you might be right about that. They
1: never referred to they never are never referred to as zombies. Mm-hmm. And most often in in zombie in in like apocalypse kind of things, they're not referred to as zombies.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's almost like borderline whether they're zombies or not, because really in the movie they're just sick people. Yeah. Um, and they can starve to death if they get shot. They go down, not always. Not um, always. Though the amount of rage can propel them a little bit longer, but um yeah, they're basically just sick people. But they they're people that they don't commute they act like a zombie. They now. act
1: like like they they snarl, they don't, they don't they don't they don't speak verbally, they don't really have any sort of brain functions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if we're talking about it, we might as well talk about it now. But um I wanted to talk about like the difference between the zombies of other media versus this because I saw a st- dark difference between like when I watched The Walking Dead in middle school versus watching this movie. Yes. Like they're the the Walking Dead zombies, not to diss The Walking Dead at all. The show is very good and I, I, I appreciate it a lot. It's a very it's a very good show. But the zombies were so much slower. Mm-hmm. They were so much slower. They didn't have the same sort of like brain functions. They were just like eat human. Yeah. That's their one goal. Mm-hmm. But the infected people, just like you said, they they they're that they're infected people. Like mm-hmm. they still, they're they move real fast. Yeah, they um... run so fast, and they they move, they move with determination. They don't just stumble like most other zombies and other media. Mm-hmm. Like they they are determined, and they have they have a goal. <laughs>
0: I I did some reading about this movie's influence on just the horror genre in general, and this movie um. It it sparked a big, like, zombie genre revival. Mm. This movie, from what I can find, there might be examples in other uh, lesser-known zombie movies, but this movie really um, made the fast-moving zombie, like... If it didn't invent it, then it made it mainstream, 100%. Because yeah. before this point, most zombies were the slow-shuffling kind.
1: Yeah, because I, I keep thinking back to, like, Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Where they, yeah. like, don't... they? Th- those zombies don't run. They basically, like, stand and, like, just kind of stumble. Yeah. Like, they don't... They, they, they ain't running nowhere. No, yeah. <laughs> but these these zombies, they will run after you no matter where you are. Yeah. And they run fast.
0: Yeah, this movie really pioneered the... The, yeah, zombies are actually, like, really scary. Yeah, they <laughs> you, are. It made them fast. It made them dangerous. Um, it's not just walk at a fast speed and you might be okay. And it's not like, oh, you need literally a hundred of them to, you know, swarm you and bite you. One of these guys and you're in big yeah, trouble. Yeah, one and you're in trouble. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, it is really, really strange, like, how, how this movie affected the media's... Per- perception of zombies. Totally. Of
0: totally. Yeah.
1: So what other scenes do you think stand, just stand out to you from this movie that you want to talk about?
0: Um, the, basically the whole end scene, Oh my um, gosh. the whole, there's a point in the movie and it's not the end scene about three fourths or two thirds of the way through the movie. They get to this safe house compound that they heard over the radio. And basically for the whole movie, it's been them trying to get to this house because yeah. they think it's their safe point. Well, eventually they get to this house and they find out it's not their safe point. It's not. It is a group of military men with guns and they have been trying to lure people there um, under the guise of we're going to rebuild civilization. We
1: should probably put a trigger warning here for sexual assault because it's 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 bad. This is this is this point of this movie basically took me from a funny apocalypse kind of funny i mean i was gonna say i, <laughs> I wasn't
0: laughing a whole lot but yeah I mean, not, not
1: during this part but there are some funny parts of this movie
0: there are some funny parts like the, the movie, um
1: yeah. the like this whole scene in the supermarket where they're just going around like this perfectly that's a really un, this perfectly untouched supermarket not to go off on a tangent but there's this just perfectly untouched supermarket and these four people four complete strangers just kind of go in and start shopping like nothing happened i
0: loved it i thought that was such a cute scene and especially the music in that scene as well yeah i loved it
1: yeah it was such a good scene and it was really really funny but yeah up until like the part i would say this is this is kind of split into two acts i think you would say i would agree i would say like the beginning up until frank's death is the Mm -hmm. first act and then when they get to the compound oops sorry I, I hit the mic <laughs> the the when they get to the compound until the end of the movie is the second act mm-hmm. the entire second act it it definitely follows the typical trope that musical theater does where like act 1 very happy very joyous very well not necessarily in this movie <laughs> but like comparatively. more compar- comparatively like a bit more lighthearted a bit more um action filled more hopeful and then act 2 is just just bad. <laughs> yeah, there's... just very like everything bad that could happen will happen. Yeah,
0: I I can't really agree that the first half was lighthearted. But no, 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 no. They I have mean, I'm this, just like... I'm just
1: thinking like in in the t- in the terms of like what things were happening in the movie in the first act based on the second act.
0: Essentially they have a goal in the first they act. They have
1: a goal in the first act. They
0: have act. like a like they have an idealized version of we will be safe when we get here. Yeah. And then the second act is we are in even more danger now that we're, we're here. We're in even
1: more danger. Yeah. So what happens and the reason why I stopped to put a trigger warning is basically their entire goal in having or in in um In this compound that is run by um, Christopher Eccleston's character, who I mentioned before, um, is basically they want to lure in women and procreate.
0: Yes, he promised uh, they were at a different point. They were at like a blockade zone and his men uh, were threatening to leave and he promised them women. (laughs) If they would stay. <sighs> that scene was so And they changed gross. to a compound. That
1: scene was so gross.
0: It really, um, this is something I love in movies, or especially like horror movies, when they have this central aspect. Like, yeah, it's a zombie movie. Zombies are horrifying. And then they subvert it to the point that it's like, yeah, maybe zombies are not the scariest thing in this movie. Yeah. It's the people. It's the people in the film that are the scariest, in my opinion. Basically.
1: Like, some of some of his men, some of the, what is his character's name?
0: Uh, I cannot remember.
1: And it's, it's the gen- uh, some of the general's men are basically just borderline creepers. Oh, like, 100%. Like, they are so, yeah. so, so weird. Mm-hmm. And they act so strangely compared to... they. I mean, it almost feels like because of the apocalypse, they feel like, no rules. I can do whatever I want. And then, like, yes, because you are here, woman, you are mine. I'm yeah. like, no, that's not... Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's really gross. It takes it from a, it takes it from a. Yeah, this is a zombie movie. To no, this is like, this is like analyzing the, the freaking human condition yeah. of like how far people will go in situations when society is collapsed. <laughs> I've
1: had movies where I've I've had movies where a scene can get a visceral reaction from me. Not the least of which have been movies that I've reviewed for this podcast. Yeah. But that just and but I think that scene with um where he finally reveals to Jim his the general reveals his plan to Jim. The, and how creepy and gross it all is. That is the most visceral reaction that a movie has given me that doesn't involve any sort of like gore or blood.
0: yeah, it's it's very disturbing. It's
1: extremely disturbing. and it's and it only gets worse.
0: <laughs> and it's a route I was not expecting the movie to take
1: that yeah, it was I was not expecting that to, not expecting it to go that way.
0: And when I say that, I mean in the best possible sense, like I just I was not expecting this to become part of the conflict. But once it did, You know, I was in because I don't because like we established earlier, you like all these characters. You like um, uh, Jim, Selena and then Hannah. Hannah has just watched her dad die, but she's still Uh. with Jim and um, Selena. And um, the general uh, tells Jim uh, why he uh, what his what his plans are with his friends. Um, And when Jim even slightly backs away in protest and tries to take them away, tries to escape um,
1: he gets a butt of the gun, and he gets the butt of a gun in, a, in his face. <laughs> yeah,
0: he gets knocked out and um, taken out into the woods for execution with another soldier that was protesting what they're about to do.
1: Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, he, I, the scene with them before their execution, where he's just rambling on and on about how, how about he he doesn't agree with the general. He doesn't believe that he believes that there's a way out of here because like because cause it made us it helped to remember that like the infection is only in England, yes, like everything everything overseas like in the u s like they're all fine mm-hmm. um as far as we know like uh, there, there's really no context about like where everything's happening or like what's happening, mm-hmm. but like they're as far as we know, the infection is centralized in London,
0: yeah, it's theorized that the world um after they learned about this, they basically uh, made England an island for the dead and they would not none of the other countries were going to help or intervene at all. They quarantined off England. That's what's yeah. kind of implied. That's what the characters start to speculate. It's never a concrete thing, but
1: I mean, that that I mean, that's what makes sense. Right. But, yeah. 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 Yeah, this this scene or the this movie has takes a very very strange and unexpected turn towards mm-hmm. the like, into the second act and Yeah. I mean and it doesn't even I mean I do you think it ends on a high note or do you think I mean I felt kind of mediocre about the ending.
0: Really? I I thought it ended quite well. I didn't I mean, have any I didn't really know
1: what it, I mean, it felt kind of ambiguous like Basically, what happens at the end of the movie? They do escape the compound. Yes, all three—Selena, um, Selena, Jim, and Hannah—all make it out, even though Jim was shot in the stomach and.
0: They basically turn everyone in the compound into a zombie. Basically, which was pretty. It was very fun to watch. Very, if not very fun to watch because they're all like intense, terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Except the, there was one guy that's like. Jim walks into the room. Oh my gosh, that guy. Like, it's like the one other decent soldier. And he's yeah. like, I don't have any bullets. And Jim just goes out the window and the, he the zombies just, end up.
1: He walks into the room, leaves the door open, and jumps out the window. Yeah. Like, just leaves the guy to die. And we're like, come on, man. Like, he was the one good one. Yeah, he
0: was like the only other good one. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: it was... it's That entire end of the movie was absolutely unexpected to me yeah I was totally not it.
0: totally bonkers <laughs> but
1: another scene that gave me a very emotional reaction was actually at the beginning of the movie it was I think I know when what you're talking about. it was um because uh, and we didn't talk about this but Mark actually doesn't make it to the second half of the movie. Oh,
0: that's what I want to talk about as well. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I won't talk about it, but yeah, this because it happens after this scene. But basically, Jim wants because he just woke up. He's like, "Where is my family? Mm -hmm. I want to go visit my family." As anybody would be. As anybody would, because they'd be they were wondering about like they want to know if they're safe. Mm -hmm. And so, Um, Selena and Mark take him to make sure to go with him to his parents' house. And he goes upstairs to find his parents in their bed, dead from I think it's a drug overdose. Yeah, or they, they 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 offed themselves before the virus could get them.
0: Mm-hmm. With the use of With yeah the alcohol, use of and, alcohol drugs. and
1: drugs.
0: Alcohol and drugs, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're because yeah, I was not I was expecting there to be some sort of like zombie jump scare. Um or oh, me that, too. Like one me of them too. would like suddenly sit up. It's way more sad than it that. It is so um, sad,
1: especially since they. They like passed out on each other, and his mother is holding a childhood picture of Jim. Yeah. With with writing on the back that said, "I I am gonna have to paraphrase because I don't remember, but it's like, um, we left you we asleep. Left you, we left you asleep. Don't wake up. Yeah, we
0: left you asleep. Now we're going. Now, now we're, we're going coming to, to join you. Don't, don't wake, wake up. up. Oh my God, that last line is I, so no, scary. It was.
1: It's, I literally like I had to pause the movie and just stare at it. I was like.
0: Yeah, it's, dude, it's really powerful. It is.
1: It, it is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And like, I would expect Jim to just like break down, like end of movie, like he can't recover from this. But <laughs> he actually like he cries, but yeah. it's it, he he is still able to recover from it. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to recover from something like that. Yeah, that would be terrible.
0: I guess it's. I suppose it's just a juxtaposition of like hearing your parents like wish that you don't wake up from your coma because something even worse is happening yeah. on the outside. That's just it's so scary. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that is an extremely effective scene.
1: Did you want to talk about your gripes about this movie or do you want to talk about Mark first?
0: I want to talk about Mark really first just cuz that was another part. I was yeah. totally not expecting Mark gets a drop of blood and he his arm gets scraped and it's he he looks up at Selena and Jim with fear. He knows that he's he been He knows he's gone. And Selena without hesitating Hacks him to death with her machete, yeah, it was very, like brutal. And I was very much like not expecting it because Selena and Mark are introduced together, so you think they're kind of friends, yeah. And she doesn't hesitate twice,
1: and then she tells um she tells Jim later on, she says, if you get bitten or if you get any or if you get infected, i will I will not hesitate mm-hmm. so. It, she she is very, very, she's very serious about this.
0: Yeah, I guess it just took me by surprise, um, especially since I wasn't expecting that character to die right then. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, holy. At least at
1: last, last, like the entire first act. No, he's gone in the first quarter.
0: When well, it really solidifies um, Selena's character. It like does, Like yeah. as this, like, yeah, she is like way far gone. So when the rest of the film progresses and you see little traces of humanity start to come back to her, yeah, it's really like sweet to see that her character like gets some hope back in her life yeah. after she just like would do something like that. And she's convinced that that's her life from now on. But, that's um, really,
1: yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah. But yes, you wanted to talk about your gripes with this movie.
0: I guess just a couple gripes. Um, the cinematography, I really liked it. And this is also partially something that they did in the early 2000s as well. Really quick editing on action scenes to mm. the point that it's kind of hard to even tell what's going on
1: like cross-cutting
0: um kind of okay. well yeah um like just really close-up shots of like main characters and zombies it's dark you can't see what's happening 100 percent. and i get it it adds to like the frenetic energy of the movie and like the the quick pace of okay. like oh my god it's a sudden zombie attack but it did bother me just because I like, couldn't tell what was happening. Um, I
1: I can kind of I can kind of see that. I, one scene that comes to mind is like when the general comes out to like look for because, um, Jim actually escapes his um, his execution. Yeah. So when the general comes out to look for him, he gets attacked by um, some infected people, and I remember just watching like he's sitting in the front seat of a car and he's. And a bunch of infected are coming at him, and it's cutting very, very quickly from the infected to the to him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, one of them jumps onto the hood of the car, and he shoots through it. Mm-hmm. But they don't—you don't see the shot; you just see him.
0: I actually, yeah. I mean, that I know might it have
1: ju- also been a form of censorship because it obviously- might have been <laughs> but
0: plus the small budget. I know what you're talking about. It it bothered me personally the most at the beginning. Yeah. Like I said, I really didn't like the first opening. I like the concept in theory. It's how the virus breaks. These like animal rights activists are coming to free these monkeys that are being. Yeah, tested we didn't on. even
1: talk about that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, these monkeys that are being just kept in, you know, cruel, inhumane conditions. And the scientist in the room is like, no, you you can't. They're they're we are they're doing infected. an experiment. They're infected. And they're like, no man, PETA, we gotta free the animals. Which hundred percent I love I, animals. I love
1: animals too. But, but in
0: this th- situation, just leave the monkey in the cage not
1: when they're <laughs> ju- not when they're infected monkeys like you can't you can't possibly yeah like uh that if they hadn't done that <laughs> this whole movie wouldn't have happened
0: yeah but um specifically in that opening shot very dark very, very quick yes. cutting, and the camera was very close up, so it was very hard to distinguish um, certain parts for me. As the movie went on, I either I got used to it or it got less because I didn't like notice it yeah. as badly. Um, that was a little tiny gripe I had with it. Um, the other gripe I had, um, I thought Hannah's actor did a very bad job at delivering dialogue yeah. and conveying emotion.
1: I can um I can kind of get behind that. I can yeah. She was very, very stone faced.
0: Almost never one line that she delivered did I really believe that she was actually like feeling the emotion behind it.
1: I mean, especially like when it, when the th- when things started ramping up, like at the in the second act. Like, yeah. In the, first, in the first act, it was less noticeable because everything was more calm. Sure. Yeah. But as soon as things started getting worse, like she's she kept the same tone. Yeah. In the second like, how act, can you be relaxed? It's much
0: more apparent, and when her dad dies in front of her. Her emotion is just not there. Yeah, there's just it should
1: think she'd be destroyed. It should be
0: something really powerful, and the actress just does totally not deliver on the emotion that should be there.
1: I mean, she's. I mean, I feel like she still does like physical acting, regardless. It's just more of like the line delivery that was a, that was kind of a meh for me.
0: I suppose the physical acting was alright, but even like her facial expressions, I did not see much yeah. going on, and she looked pretty, uh, like you said, stone faced. Yeah. Um,
1: I do have one gripe with the movie, if you'd let me. Because we do have to go for our second break and go, come back because we are running out of time. But the shoehorned romance plot. I
0: had that in my notes.
1: Uh, Okay. I so, liked it. You did? Yes, I
0: have in my notes here. Okay. The stereotypical aspects of the film. Dream sequences, love, love subplots, loss of main characters... Are done fantastically, and they did not feel obligatory or forced to me. Okay, I really liked it.
1: Okay, I, I get the the dream sequences were done well. I mm-hmm. liked I liked those. I just think that the forced I I feel like especially at the beginning the the fact that like Selena the the, the we're talking about Jim and Selena mm-hmm. because they eventually end up together because you know they've been together for the whole movie. Right. Um, but the basically they joke about it at the beginning they're like what you you want to you want to be with me or something or like don't expect a romance out of this kid and then like and then later on you're just like oh they're gonna end up together oh they're gonna end up together and i just i mean it didn't it didn't subtract from the movie at all for me it was just kind of like a why like they could have gone the entire movie just being a a wonderful duo I actually... But they...
0: I I kind of bought into it. Because he... He had this... It's it's set up very clearly from the beginning. He's got an optimistic viewpoint that there are still things worth living and fighting for. And she says, nope. The the best possible life you can live now is to just be alive. There's nothing that's going to elevate it. And so as the movie progresses and she sees, like, uh, Frank and his daughter... And um, you know, learns that, you know, not everything in the whole world is completely destroyed and gone. And um she come comes around to see Jim's point of view and um Jim is like he's not rubbing it in her face or anything. And I feel That's like okay. I yeah, feel like okay. she might almost see Jim as being like, you know, oh, you helped pull me out of this dark like Mindset that I was in. Okay, that's kind of how I interpreted it, and that's, I actually yeah. didn't mind it.
1: That makes sense. I mean, it, it's also just kind of me. Like, I'm not, I'm not one for like rom coms or sure, romantic yeah. movies. I mean, if it, if a, if a relationship is done in a movie and it's done tastefully, fine, go for it. But like. Mm-hmm. I just don't. It's it's. I it immediately takes me out when it's like it's an action movie, but there's also a woman and woman and man. They make they they just do things, and I'm like, come on, don't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I personally didn't mind that. I actually thought it was done quite well. Well, um, yeah,
1: I mean, I'm I I agree it was done well. It was just kind of like, I feel like it was kind of shoehorned. I don't know, but
0: not for that me might've, personally. Might have might
1: be just me though. So. Do we want to take our last break and come back and do some trivia?
0: Yeah, on that note, we'll go to our last break really quick, and then we'll come back and do some trivia and see what our next movie is going to be. Stay tuned.
1: All right, we are back.
0: We're back. We may have disagreed on the love subplot, but we do agree (laughs) that it is time for trivia.
1: Lauren, (laughs) would you like to start? Sure. (laughs) So we kind of touched on it before, but... um, you mentioned that Selena at the beginning of the movie was very hardened, very very no-nonsense that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know Selena's backstory? Um, because it was never it was never mentioned in the movie.
0: Okay, I was going to ask if it was mentioned in the movie. I know there's like some comics and graphic novels that were made after this movie came out, um that might that might be where her backstory comes from. So uh, no, I can't say that I do actually.
1: All right. So apparently, Selena was forced to kill her infected mother and father to save her baby brother, only to discover that her brother was also infected. Oof. Which also would explain her original coldness towards Jim when he when he wanted to go back for his family to see if they're alive.
0: I mean, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, do you want to go next?
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, The screenwriter of this film, Alex Garland, has written and directed several other critically acclaimed films. Can you name one? Say the name again. Alex Garland. Alex
1: Garland. Oh, gosh.
0: All of his films are pretty recent that he's made. I had them in my years.
1: brain, but my brain is not working right now, so I'm going to have to bail on this one and say no. Okay. I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, he directed the movie and wrote the movie Ex Machina.
1: Ex Machina. I was thinking about Ex Machina. Which
0: is a very good sci-fi movie. And uh, Annihilation as well he wrote and directed. Ah. I love that movie. That mm. movie is so good.
1: We might have to review those.
0: It is, oh, man, yeah. He's great.
1: <laughs> All right. Who was the original choice to play Jim.
0: Ewan McGregor. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was
1: Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. But for a bonus point, who was offered the role after after McGregor had... Because the reason why McGregor couldn't take the role was because he actually had a falling out with the director. Oh. With I think it was in the movie Beach, the, or The Beach.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I'm not really sure. That was just what IMDb told me, but... Who was offered the role after the falling out?
0: I remember I remember reading this and I don't remember the second actor's name, and I know you're gonna tell me and I'm gonna go,
1: oh yeah, that's
0: it. No, who was it?
1: Ryan Gosling.
0: Oh yeah, that's it. No.
1: <laughs> Imagine how different the movie would be if Ryan Gosling was the was the main protagonist. Instead totally, of yeah. The Killian, Killian Murphy looks
0: like looks the part. He oh, looks he does. very like
1: He's not buff. He's, he's not, not like Hercules. Not here he's not Herculean. Like he's very very lanky. He's
0: not <laughs> he's traditionally just, good looking. He is not he is handsome, he's but he's not, handsome. Tra- <laughs> not like in the Ryan Gosling sense of it. Basically. Okay. How do they manage to film oh this is my next trivia question. How do they manage to film the shots of deserted London on a 5 million dollar budget? What do they have to do?
1: You mean like the this the, the street shots or like it, yep, the
0: street shots. Oh, to get okay. those long like seemingly empty abandoned Mm. london shots
1: because i know they did they were able to film the hospital ones because the the hospital was only open five days a week Mm -hmm. so they were able to come in and film on a weekend when there was nobody there but other than that i don't know
0: they had to talk to the police um you know asking to close the roads they closed the roads at 4 a.m and started shooting immediately so that there would be very little traffic um in in order to prevent angry drivers, uh, Danny Boyle used attractive young women, including his daughter, to make the requests. Uh, that ah. they were shooting a film, <laughs> um, and apparently it worked. Um. Okay,
1: well, mm. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. I guess here's okay. Here's my last question. Okay. What notorious horror creator is a huge fan of this movie?
0: Is he still alive? Yes. Oh, boy. Uh Oh, Uh Stephen King? Yes. Ah, there we go. It is the
1: man himself, <laughs> Stephen King. He not only bought out an entire showing of this film in NYC, he actually paraphrases one of Selena's lines in Dr. Sleep. Really? He, he needs us more than we need him.
0: Oh, that's cool. I still have yet to see Dr. Yes, Sleep. Yes,
1: me too. Well, I mean, like, the book, but yes. Oh, yeah, the, in book, the book, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all the trivia questions I have, so let's... Do you want to hear what movie I have recommended for next week? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so this is one of my favorite horror movies. I watched it um, around the same time that I watched Texas Chainsaw for the first time. But for next week, I would like us to watch (gasps) Reanimator.
0: Oh, okay. I think I know this. I think I know this. I've definitely heard the name before. It's
1: um, Jeffrey Combs.
0: Okay, I've definitely heard the name.
1: I love this movie so much. It is the story of Dr. Herbert West. Okay. And I am so excited to be able to review it because it, I like I said, it's literally one of my favorite horror movies. So. Oh, nice. Okay, yes. yeah, <laughs> I have not
0: seen it. Okay, I'm excited. So I'm stay excited. tuned
1: for next Monday our, our, for our episode on Reanimator, but also stick around for our episode on Friday where we will have another special guest, and we will be review. Should we say?
0: Yeah, we will be reviewing the film um, Swiss Army Man Yes, uh, with our guest on Friday. So if you want to tune in without being spoiled for Friday, make sure and watch the Swiss Army Man. It is on Netflix. I have not seen it yet, but I've heard good things. So go give it a watch.
1: All right. Well, I guess that's it from us. Be sure to follow our social media and we'll see you on Friday.
0: All right. See you guys.